0: Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Uh, my name is David. I'm just going to speak for about 15 minutes, and then we are going to watch uh, five young people being baptized just behind me here. And I realize that, as Marcus said, lots of you have come here tonight explicitly for that reason that your family or friends of Luke or Amy or Daniel or the other Amy or Joshua, and you're here to support them and to join us as their church family to witness. Uh, what is quite a dramatic and highly visual, and let's be honest, because some of you are probably thinking it, slightly strange event. It is a little weird what we're about to do here. And so what is going on and more importantly, why? Well, let me attempt to explain because whatever we think is happening tonight It means a lot to these five young people. Otherwise, why in the world would they be doing it? A few moments ago, Mark read some of the last, the final words of of Jesus Christ before he returned to his father. They're words of instruction that have come to be known as the Great Commission. Let me just repeat them again. Then Jesus came to them and said, so these are some of his very last words. All authority In heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And in a few moments, we're just going to take some of those words of Jesus and put them into practice. Luke and Amy and Daniel and Amy and Joshua are followers of Jesus. They have become his disciples. This, what's going to happen here, is not about them becoming Christians. They're doing this because they are Christians. And just before they get baptized, each of them is going to share via video a little about how that happened, when that happened, why that happened. But as Christians... They're simply doing what Jesus then instructed them to do. Be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And therefore, baptism is, it's a step or in its, expre- it's an expression of obedience. Make disciples, then baptize them. But it goes further than that because Jesus not only instructed us to do it, he modeled it. So Jesus himself was baptized. And so as 21st century followers of Jesus, as those who have committed themselves to walking as Christ walked, Luke and Daniel and Amy and Amy and Joshua are just picking up on the example of Jesus. And so baptism is an expression of obedience to Jesus, but it's also a reflection of the example of Jesus. But back to those famous last words, because not long after Jesus said them, he left his disciples, he went home to be with his father, but then he enabled them, or he empowered them to go and to be his witnesses, wherever they went. And so they went as his witnesses, and they started to tell people the gospel this good news message about Jesus, about his inspirational life, his sacrificial death, his incredible resurrection. And in Acts chapter 2, which kind of tells the story of what happened next, we read that this message, this good news, this gospel really started to have an impact on people. It got under their skin. We actually read that people were cut to the heart when they heard it. And therefore, they wanted to know, well, what do we do next? What do we do now? How do we respond to this message of Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection? And so they were told, do two things. You want to respond? Do two things. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. And Acts tells us that 3,000 people did exactly that and the Christian church was launched. And in a sense, the rest is history. And here we are 2,000 years later, we're still celebrating this good news and we're still baptizing people like Luke and Amy and Daniel and Amy and Joshua. People whose hearts have been changed and challenged. Been cut open, whose lives have been transformed, are in the process of being transformed. These five young people have heard the good news about Jesus at some point in their lives, at various points in their lives, in lots of different ways. They've made the decision, like those 3,000 people in Jerusalem two millennia ago, and like countless people have done ever since, they have made the decision to repent and then to be. Baptized. And so Luke and Amy and Daniel and Amy and Joshua are following through on a biblical command. They've already done the first of these two things the repent dimension. I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. And now they're about to do the second. And as you read on in the book of Acts, as you trace the story of the growth and the spread of Christianity, you actually see this pattern being played out time and time again. People react, they respond to the good news about Jesus and what they discover about him. Then they turn around, they turn away from life as they have been living it. They turn towards Jesus, they accept Jesus, they become his disciple, and then they get baptized. And so baptism, if you like, is a follow-up to repentance. Repentance. It's an expression of obedience. It's a reflection of an example. It's a follow-up to repentance. But let me say more about this word repent and its importance and place in, in sort of Christian faith and discipleship. Luke and Amy and Daniel and Amy and Joshua have at some point recognized the reality of what the Bible calls, and I know it's not popular to talk about this, but the reality of what the Bible calls sin in their lives. This inbuilt, inborn, selfish tendency to do what they want, to do what we want. This human propensity to mess things up, which we've all got, that eats away at our hearts, that erodes life as it was meant to be, that causes, it's the root cause of all kinds of negative attitudes and words and actions like anger and jealousy and greed and pride and injustice and lies and bigotry and sectarianism, and the list goes on and on. But sin doesn't just cause man's inhumanity to man. doesn't kind of just create divisions and tension between individuals and groups of people. It also disconnects us from God. Disconnects us from the relationship with God that we were designed for, that we were designed to enjoy. And so sin creates this barrier between us and a holy God. A barrier that we can't scale, that we can't break down by ourselves, no matter what we do or how good we think we are. But it's into that problem that the good news, the gospel, the message of Jesus becomes a reality. Because rather than leave us disconnected and separated, God has enabled reconnection. God has dealt with the barrier via Jesus who laid down his life for each and every one of us at the cross. And the message of the cross is that God reconciles. God reunites us to himself through Christ's death and resurrection, a way back to this relationship that we were designed to enjoy. It's now possible. And therefore, if we confess our sin, if we admit that we have this propensity to mess things up. If we turn away from living for self and towards Jesus, in other words, if we repent, then God in his love, and because as we sang earlier, his grace is enough, God in his love and his grace and his mercy forgives and restores, restores us into right, relationship. And you know, Luke and Amy and Daniel and Amy and Joshua have reached that place. They've confessed their sins. At the cross, they've repented. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean they never get it wrong. Doesn't mean they haven't sinned since. They'd be the first to tell you that. And if they don't, their family certainly will. But Christians still sin. They do. And sometimes really badly. But you know, sin no longer controls our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. Its power over us has been broken. And because the Holy Spirit now lives within us, That Holy Spirit that Jesus gave that empowers and enables. Because God, by his Holy Spirit, now lives within us, we have God's internal and supernatural help to live transformed lives and follow Jesus. Doesn't mean we always get it right, but we now have the ability to do this. And I realize there is a sense of mystery in all of that. But that is part of the good news that we celebrate and share. And so having come to that place of repentance having confessed their sin, having looked to the cross, having gone looking for and finding salvation in a secular age, the quote of 1975, they're now following up with the next step. Repent and be baptized. So what's about to happen here behind me is an expression of obedience. It's a reflection of an example. It's a follow-up to Repentance. And then finally, this dramatic event is a rich act of symbolism. You see, the actual practice and physical act of baptism speaks volumes. It, it pictures something. And it connects the person, each of the five. It connects each of them. Again, sense of mystery here. But it connects each of them with the death and resurrection of Jesus. I'm sure we've all heard the saying that, that every picture tells a story. Apparently, and it's a proverb, apparently it came into popular use around 1847. And it means that every picture says something. Every picture communicates visually and has an explanation. Well, in many ways believers baptism, what we're about to do is a picture. It's a visual animated picture that tells a story. And so as each young person enters this water and gets baptized, they are communicating something, something that's really important, something that's very significant. And as every picture tells a story, here's the story that they're communicating. As they are immersed in water, that's what's going to happen. The actual word baptize in the New Testament primarily means to immerse. As they are immersed, as they are put under, they are symbolically visualizing, they are picturing the fact that they have died with Christ. Their pre-Christian, self-centered, sin-dominated, sin-determined lives are over. And the water itself that they're immersed in and submerged into is symbolic as well because it symbolizes this cleansing, this washing away of their sin and its contaminating effect on their lives. And so it pictures forgiveness. It pictures the refreshment that forgiveness brings to hearts and minds. And so as Gordon and Tim lure them into the water, they're identifying with the death of Jesus and all that it accomplished and all that it accomplishes for them. But it doesn't end there. We often say this, they're not held under indefinitely because that would be (laughs) deeply disturbing. Uh, But the thing is, Jesus didn't remain dead. And therefore, just as he rose up from the grave, Luke and Amy and Daniel and Amy and Joshua will rise up out of the water, symbolizing and declaring something new life has begun. The old is gone, the new has arrived and they're coming up out of the water screams of a dramatic and transformational resurrection into a Christ-oriented, Christ-centered, Christ-focused, Christ-honoring way of life. And so these five baptisms that we will witness very shortly are rich in symbolism. Every picture, this picture tells a story. And as you watch what goes on here, please don't miss the significance of these milestone moments. Celebrate them and we give you permission to celebrate them in whatever way you want to celebrate them. Celebrate them. Share in the joy of Luke and Amy and Daniel and Amy and Joshua, but please also allow this expression of obedience, this reflection of an example, this follow-up to repentance, this rich act of symbolism, allow it to speak into your own life here tonight. And if you've any questions for us about what is about to happen, what does happen, you wanna discover more, please do ask us afterwards. Let me pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, who was baptized in the River Jordan and who at the cross passed through the deep water of death. We praise you that you raised him to life and exalted him. And so now I ask that you would send your Holy Spirit that this baptism may be for Luke and for Amy and for Daniel and for Amy and for Joshua, a union with Christ in his death and resurrection. So that as Christ was raised from death through the glory to the Father, that they may also be raised to newness of life pour out your spirit on them god anoint them for service that they may grow more and more in the likeness of jesus in whose name we pray amen
1: hi i'm amy work i'm 13 and i'm in my third year at wallace high school so today i'm going to share with you my testimony and how i came to know christ I've been very blessed to have grown up in a Christian family so that meant I was taught about God from a very young age so I decided for myself that I wanted to become a Christian when I was about five years old so I prayed to God and asked him to forgive me for all the wrong things I've done I don't really remember the words I said or anything like that but what I do remember is that I truly meant it and I wanted to follow Jesus for the rest of my life For me at primary school being a Christian wasn't all that hard I was surrounded by Christian friends. We were told about God and Christianity was accepted. But then when I moved to high school, things got a bit harder. As well as some great Christian friends, I also have some close non-Christian friends. I just found it a lot harder to really step out and be a witness for Jesus. For me, it was all about what I said and did and how others ever saw me as a Christian. But almost two years ago when I was 11, my cousin Matthew died. And I just went through a really hard time. But that's when I learned that I needed to fully rely on God and that being a Christian isn't about anything I do, but it's about what God has done for me and my personal relationship with him. And I'd love to just say thanks um, to all the teaching here at Windsor. It's really great and encouraging me in my walk with Jesus. And also thanks to my great family and friends who have supported me every step of the way. I'm here today getting baptised to let you all know that Jesus is my Lord and my Saviour and I love him very much.
2: Hello, Um, my name is Amy Dara, I'm 16 and I'm studying for my GCSEs at Strathair and Grammar School. I became a Christian at the young age of six, so I don't really remember my life before Christ but I do remember hearing loads of Bible stories and hearing that Jesus died for me and he died to to forgive my sins and I needed to be forgiven. So one night in bed, um, on my own, I prayed that God would forgive my sins and that he would guide me through life. Following God is amazing. It isn't easy, but it is so worthwhile. I've had many opportunities in school to talk about my faith and I'm so thankful for that. And I feel that at those times, God has put the words that he wanted me to say in my mouth. Um, And I'd like to thank my mom and dad, my friends in church and my friends in school for, um, for helping me through my faith, and the brilliant leaders at Clay, and Sarah McCormick, my mentor. Thank you so much for uh, the work you've done in my life so far, and I can't wait to share the rest of my journey with you. Tonight, I'm excited that I'm about to get baptised, and I want to share with you that I love Jesus, and He is my Lord and Savior.
3: My name is Daniel Johnston, I'm 18 years old and I go to Valley Clare High School. Growing up surrounded by Christian friends and family, and by the influence of Junior Church, I became a Christian when I was very young. I knew that I was sinful and that I needed Jesus to save me. Though at this point, being a Christian was about going to church and reading my Bible. It wasn't until I was about 11 that I understood that um, being a Christian was more than these things. It was about having a relationship with God. A God who loves me and a God who wants a relationship with me and it was at this point that I gave my life to God. Since then I've grown in my faith and I've grown closer to God though I do often struggle and often fall short of God's glory and that's why I'm so thankful for God's massive and unconditional love that he forgives me no matter what I want to share with you a verse that helps me when I feel far from God and it's Psalm 37 verse 24 which says, Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. I feel so blessed to have a God who loves me, who saved me, and who will never let me fall. And that is why I have decided to be baptized. I want to show that I love Jesus because he saved me. I'm so excited for all that he has in store for me.
4: Hi, my name's Luke Marshall and I'm 17 and I'm studying my A-levels currently at Methody. I grew up in a Christian home with my mum, my dad, my brother and my sister. Um, My mum and dad from a very young age, as far as young as I can remember, have always brought me to church each week um, uh, through ju- my junior church I was taught all the stories all the Bible stories from a young age and I knew them really well um, and I always thought that this was enough but it, w- it wasn't until second year um, in Methody that I thought what well, if I die tonight and um, what will happen to me uh, and I sort of thought I really should ask Jesus into my life um, so that I would be sure that I um, could go to heaven when I died and I'd be able to spend eternity with him. Throughout my faith um, I have known that I don't need to worry because I know that God is in control in every situation and I know that he um, is there with me uh, and guiding me through the tough times. um, and he will never leave me, he'll always be there um, to help me through those times. Living with a disability has its challenges, um, but through those challenges I have learnt to rely on God more, um, and I know that every time that I rely on God, um, he is in control, um, and it's better than when I'm in control. I have been blessed to be put into a great uh, team in, in wheelchair basketball, and um, I'm surrounded by such a great group of friends uh, who, I, who I have, and um, they've been such really great in um, supporting me, and um, I get uh, people who I can be myself with. I'd like to say thank you for, to my mum and dad for being such a great influence, and the sacrifice that they have given while I was growing up I'd like to say thank you to Mark and Drew for the influence they have been over the years and for uh, all that they have done and been with me through tough times and I'd like to say thank you to God um, for all that he has done um, throughout my life and all the blessings that I have um, in my life So I'm here today to be baptised and to say that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour.
5: Hi, my name is Josh. I first gave my life to Christ when I was seven years old. I can remember sitting in Sunday School and hearing a leader explain how when someone wanted to become a Christian, they could pray to God. And so I prayed there and then that Jesus would forgive my sins, although I'm not sure I understood what I was praying at the time. As I grew older, my faith grew and matured. While I was still young, I thought that Christianity was all about being perfect. Unless I was perfect, I wasn't good enough for God. However, this just left me constantly disillusioned and disappointed. However, I was able to change from this frame of mind. I gradually learned that God didn't want me to get caught up in my own iniquities, but to get caught up in his perfection and immense love for me. What also helped was going to SU camps such as Mac in my summers. They really gave me a deeper understanding of God's plan for me. My faith is more personal to me today. Becoming a Christian was me fulfilling my purpose in life, to enter a relationship with my Creator. Now, living as a Christian, God uses me to enable others to have the same relationship with Him that I enjoy. This means expressing God's love in what I say and how I act in my day-to-day life, so that people may see the impact of having the love of Jesus in your life. As a Christian, I can have hope that one day I will meet God face-to-face, and this defines how I live each day on earth. I can look always to Jesus and live joyfully. I owe it all to my parents and to this church family for bringing me up in the knowledge that Jesus died for my sins. It brings me great joy to be baptized today and announce that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior.